0: Start On On Demand. Imagine you complain about a company online after getting some bad service, and they respond by calling you Chubby Wubby and telling you to report to Jenny Craig. Well, it happened to a woman in Toronto. We'll tell you that amazing story. The city of Winnipeg is selling a piece of land known as Parcel 4 to the Forks those parking lots along the tracks. That means more development, which has a lot of people excited, but it also means less parking, which means a lot of people are mad. And there's a great event happening this weekend in celebration of Black History Month. It's the 2019 Afro Prairie Film Festival, and we'll learn more about it from our friends at Black Space Winnipeg and the Winnipeg Film Group. I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Lorette McNabb, who is back Thursday. We are Mackling, McGarry and McNabb, and this is... The Wednesday, February 20th podcast for The Start. Good morning, Mr. Greg. How are you,
1: sir? I'm terrific, Brett. How are you this morning? It's uh, it's only Tuesday. Oh, wait. It's
0: Wednesday. Yeah, I actually made that very mistake as I was just uh, putting some slides in our 680 CJOB Instagram story. I said, Tuesday on The Start? No. Wednesday on The Start. <laughs>
1: start all over. Nothing like a, a short week. Yeah, it's I'm gonna all right. I'm going to make mine extra short. Is that okay?
0: Yes. I'm going to slip oh. out of
1: here tomorrow afternoon.
0: And you're going down to balmy
1: Las Vegas. Yeah, going to go put some sunscreen on. Oh, wait. No, I'm not. What's
0: happening down there?
1: Uh, Do you want to hear it right from the Weather Network? Yes. A potent and cold, low-pressure system will drop into the area tonight, bringing hazardous winter weather conditions. This is not for Winnipeg. This is for Las Vegas. They have a winter weather advisory, up to three inches of snow. Wow. In certain parts of the valley, in and around Las Vegas, they're saying in metro and downtown Las Vegas, it may more be sleet and rain, but... Not not what I was expecting when I booked this trip about five months
0: ago. Yeah, you don't normally hear the words snow and Las Vegas in the same phrase. They did
1: have snow last year around the same time, and it's not unprecedented unlike the snow they've been getting in Hawaii at uh, different elevations over the last couple of weeks. But yeah, this is, uh, hey, I'm not expecting anyone to feel sorry for me. It's just ironic that I'm... Going to Las Vegas for a few days for a hockey game. And, uh, well, you know what? We might as well just take the white out with us. Well, you did that in Finland. Yeah, that's true. They had their first snowfall of the year uh, as I was basically landing in Helsinki. So um, if you hear I'm coming to your town, you may want to get the Sorrells out.
0: I remember the first time I went to Las Vegas. It was 11 years ago now, I think. And it was in January. And I had never been down there. I just assumed because it was... Southern United States, desert, that it's going to be piping hot. I didn't bother to check the forecast. So when we got there, I was there with my girlfriend at the time, and we couldn't check in yet, but uh, they took our bags, but we we each just grabbed an outfit and ran and changed. She put on, like, this little sundress. I put on a (laughs) T-shirt and shorts, and we go outside. It's 10 degrees. (laughs) It was cold. I had no idea. Yeah. So that was a bit of a rude awakening to investigate the weather before we get there cuz we hadn't been outside yet we got I went into the airport got into a cab sure sure yeah yeah anyway it should be fun
1: lots of winnipeggers heading down for the weekend as the as the jets and the golden knights renew their rivalry and uh, that's the first game back in vegas
0: since game 4 of last year's western conference final I want to thank our listeners who were with us early yesterday morning because i Was talking about how I am in the process of moving, moving in with my girlfriend, and I had this realization on the air yesterday that I still had an old bed frame for a double bed in my storage locker and I didn't know what to do with it because I'm not going to throw that in that dumpster. And I thought, well, sir, surely somebody can use this. And Greg, you said, isn't there a place that takes stuff for, for new families coming to Canada? And we had like 10 listeners text us immediately saying, yes, the Centre Flavie-Laurent at 450 Provence, just at uh, Provence and Tissot, uh, or pardon me, it runs parallel to Tissot. I think it's Nadeau, uh, where the cross street is. So I took it there. I had a couple of other things, just took it, dropped it off. there. Were, it was like a parade. I parked my car. It was like a ghost town, and then I came out, and there was a lineup of cars dropping stuff off Fantastic. at this place. So I just wanted to thank the listeners for providing me with that tip, and thanks to Santor Flavio Laurent for doing what they do. And now that bed frame is going to go, someone will be able to use it, so that's good. I'd rather go there than into the trash.
1: You know, 20 years ago, we didn't think about these things. Nope. Some did. There were certain organizations, but for the most part, when you had crap and and the whole idea of one man's garbage is another man's treasure this is really the day and age of that right we didn't have the the curbside pickup days or what do you call it the uh, when you leave your stuff out the giveaway weekend giveaway yeah, weekends, curbside right? giveaway. yeah we never had that before i think it's so fantastic yeah. that we've started to look at our belongings the items that we purchase in a different way cuz so much of it is disposable yeah You know, good luck getting an appliance fixed for anything less than what you could pay for a brand new one. You're not fixing a TV these days. You're not fixing your can opener. You're replacing it. So it's nice when there are things that that we can take out of our storage locker, our storage room, our garage and go, you know what? I'm not using this anymore, but I know there's somebody that can use it. So we're getting better on that front.
0: I was also going to take my desk. I mentioned I was trying to sell my, I had an old computer desk that I was trying to sell on Kijiji. I solid,
1: had a, wa- solid walnut desk,
0: right? V- yeah. Very
1: high quality
0: uh, <laughs> item. Well, I, I thought it was high quality. <laughs> I was going to sell it on Kijiji. I had someone coming to buy it, but they never showed up. So I figured I would take that to Flavio Laurent as well. And as I was moving it down the hall and I had told the guy in Kijiji, oh yeah, it's sturdy. It was not sturdy. This I I slid it down the hall and it fell apart in my hands. Oh my! And I had to like pa- I had to panic grab it so that it didn't scratch up the freshly painted walls that my caretakers worked so hard on. Oh so my. now it's lying in a heap in, on my floor, and I need to basically dismantle it so I can toss it. Is it par- particle board construction? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Well.
1: You know, and I put it together, is. so
0: it, was, it never had a chance. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm bad at that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Mackling and McGarry McNabb back tomorrow. Jeff Braun is here. Austin Siragusa is here. And for Kelly Moore, Jeff Fortier. And we've all had bad customer service, but this is unbelievable. Toronto Company is under fire for how it handled a customer complaint. And as Global's Sean O'Shea reports, the company disparaged the customer with jokes about her weight.
2: Last week on Thursday, the 14th, I ordered a product. And then on Saturday, I realized that I did not need the product anymore.
3: Vanessa Glue talking about this, something called the Pooch Patch, from a company with the same name. The product was featured on our morning show a while back. The
4: Pooch Patch is great because it's a natural, organic
2: way to get your dog to go and do their business.
3: But when Vanessa canceled her order and couldn't get a refund, she expressed her views online.
2: I really just wish that he would accept a simple bad review.
3: That bad review didn't go over well. Pooch Patch's president, by email, made some unusual remarks.
2: He emailed me to tell me that he looked at photos of me online and he thinks that I'm chubby.
3: In one email, the company tells her, looking a little chubs in that profile photo?
2: You don't talk to people or comment on their body or body shame them.
3: She told the company she planned to report the replies to a government consumer agency. The response from Poochpatch, ooh, so scared, chubby wubby. I reported you to Jenny Craig a well-known weight-loss program. And on it went.
2: Saying that I needed to uh, go to Jenny Craig and he referred to me as Fatty McFat Fat. And I did post it on my social media. And because of that, people in my following ended up leaving more bad reviews.
3: Vanessa got a threatening legal letter warning her about bad reviews, quoting Ontario law, signed by an associate lawyer named Alyssa Steiner.
2: In my research, I cannot find any record of the lawyer that signed this letter.
3: That's because no lawyer with that name is licensed to practice law in Ontario. Global News contacted Pooch Patch several times.
5: Pooch Patch, woof woof.
3: Its first response read, Ha 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 ha, I'm dying. This is gold, pure gold. Several later emails from the company blamed their responses on others. We use an external customer service company based in India, said the manager. Claiming they're appalled by the way a client was treated. As for those comments about Vanessa's weight...
2: It's completely inappropriate, even for a person, to say that to me, let alone a CEO of a business.
3: To say this is atrocious customer service, well, that's an understatement. Whether you get your fulfillment done in India or not, you're responsible for what those people have to say. And in Pooch Patch's case, it's not good from a customer perspective.
0: Global's Sean O'Shea. If you want to see that video, we've linked it to our 680 CJOB Instagram story. So Jeff Braun, Austin Sirgusa, Jeff Forte are here. What do you guys think? That's that is
6: amazing. It's <laughs> crazy. Be tough times ahead for the Pooch Patch, I think. Yeah, yeah. they've
0: got
4: to be going under after this. Like,
0: yeah, it's it, it's it's quite shocking that that the cut the reaction to a complaint. Is like that.
4: And I, I don't get it because uh, right now, like, when people go on social media and post something bad, like, I go, what the heck are you thinking? For them to be a company and do that, like, really? Give well, your and head some, a shake.
0: And the, 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 there are some shocking customer service situations that happen. Like, we all have the bad customer service that kind of sticks with us. But I remember, uh, I want to say in 2010, when I moved into my house, the, the guys who moved us in were great and they we had a quote of i don't know 700 bucks and we ended up being charged 850 and we weren't going to argue with the moving guys i just said i'll I'll just leave it and I'll call your office tomorrow so i did that i called the office and i the owner was the guy on who answered the phone and i was polite and I just said, listen, we were quoted this, and you charged this, what's going on here? And he was antagonistic right from the start, and every time I tried to talk, he would cut me off. And I was asking, why are you being so aggressive? I'm just calling to inquire about the dis- the disparity in the charge. And I finally said, like, do I need to come down there? And I realized the implication of that language, because it implies that I am going to come down there, and we're going to, we're going to go. <laughs> but before i could even complete my sentence he says you're gonna you're gonna come down here well i'm gonna kick it and he he went into this <laughs> diatribe where he threatened physical violence he threatened to beat me down and I said, I don't want to come to fight you. I just wanted to come <laughs> talk to you in person. And I'd rather not do that. I thought we could settle this over the phone. Oh, well, uh, so he got sheepish. But then he doubled down and said, No, I'm not. I'm not doing anything. If you don't like it, too bad. File a complaint with a better business bureau or whatever.
1: Well, probably one of those businesses where they think, at the most, you're going to use them once or twice. If, yeah, you know, if ever again. It's not like
6: the dry cleaners where you got to go every week or whatever. There's right? no
1: long-term relationship potentially. That that's part of the the hand he's playing there. The is ramif- that
0: the cascading ramifications though? Are you better <laughs> believe I told every person yeah. I yeah, know do not use this company. This is why. Good. And, s- and
1: that's exactly what should happen. In some of
6: the cases probably not with the moving guy, but maybe with this other story about the the pooch patch like how often do you wonder that it's An employee's last day or, you know, or they're trying to get fired or they just don't care anymore. So they're like, "Uh, next guy, I'm just going off on him.
1: Yeah, it sounds as though Sean O'Shea was having a pretty difficult time getting to anyone who makes any decisions, yeah. and it's difficult for me to imagine that anyone in corporate didn't know what was going on and was—I like your terminology—doubling down on the the whole fat shaming thing. What an incredibly horrific way for any corporation to to act. And just My in this, word.
3: And just in this day and age, right? When you post those kind of comments, of course they're gonna go around like wild fire in 2019,
1: right? You post that on Twitter, everyone's going to see that. Like, I just don't know what's going through someone's head when they feel the need to post comments like that. Like, it's terrible for your business, and of course the word's going to go around, like I said, like crazy. Well, of course it's going viral. We're probably discussing this. I know Drex spoke about it on his national program overnight. We're discussing it. I bet you every program in the global network is discussing it today, and that all that starts because... You took offense to one little comment on the comment page on your website. Well, you've really blown this up. Now, you you misplayed, to go back to the card analogy, you've misplayed <laughs> your hand
0: big time. And if you're just tuning in, we're talking about a Toronto company called Pooch Patch. A woman complained about the company
3: online, and the company responded with this. Ooh, so scared, chubby wubby. I reported you to Jenny Craig.
0: Because the company, so whoever was doing this response is they looked up this woman, they looked her up online and told her that she was chubby and needed to lose some weight and that's what's happening here, the that's, pooch patch.
4: That's bizarre though to, um, you know, take such offense to a complaint and then to actually go look up her profile and make comments about her like...
0: It's possible that there is another side to the story, but it's not looking good right now for the. Pooch
1: Patch. Yeah, it's not looking good at all. And you'd have to imagine—you'd have to imagine—the your only defense is, "I'm really sorry. This is the first time anyone said anything bad yeah, about I, us. We we didn't know how to handle it, so we went on the offensive. That's your only defense right now. You
6: were the first complaint to Pooch Patch, and we weren't sure what to do. So
1: <laughs> this is what we did. We went. We chose we just, the nuclear
6: we option. Hard,
0: yeah, unless there's. Any India thing where they said they use an external customer service in India because a lot of companies will outsource their customer service. The sl-
6: to- use of slang and the Jenny Craig reference suggests that it's local. Well, I mean, they speak English over there. Yeah, I mean, the, they're, they're,
1: proper <laughs> English, not weird local slang, right? Yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. I think that's going to be, that's a tough sell.
0: And actually, I have another moving story when it comes to, <laughs> to bad customers, like atrocious customer service. Oh, no. So moving in, so prior to the house, moved into an apartment in sort of in your old hood, Greg. It was on uh, St. Matthews, uh, St. Matthews and Clifton. And... I know the house. So the guys, uh, they they were a little late getting to our apartment because the previous job they had was way bigger than they expected. Like, they were told they were going to be moving. That
1: happens to movers all the time. yeah. And delivery guys with appliances and furniture. You know, anyway, not to derail your story, I'm way too good at that. But that does happen (laughs) all the time.
0: And maybe that's why I ended up getting overcharged, because we didn't give them a proper estimate. I don't know. So it could have been on me. But so so they showed up late, and... uh, they they saved their couch for last and it was kind of an awkward staircase to get the couch up and into it because we were on the second floor of a duplex and the guys didn't even try. They measured the distance from the ground to the ceiling and the the, the length of the couch and they said this isn't going to go and they didn't even try. Now it was like 8 30 p.m. on a Friday night at this point so I suspect they just wanted to get done and they go had drinking.
1: other obligations
0: but they, they I, so I, I didn't know what to do I had to basically let them take the couch and store it in their warehouse and a month later we went and got it and we got it into there I
1: bet you did you have to pay for the storage no they
0: didn't charge all oh, the they storage. didn't oh, but it was nice. still the fact that they gave up and sure. then when we moved out those the guys who I said were good they got it out in three seconds <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's just atrocious
1: Well, as discussions continue toward an eventual billion dollar plus upgrade to the North and Sewage Plant, the city made a decision on how much we will pay for our water and the sewer rates that go along with it. Executive Policy Committee voted as to whether or not we would pay more for both services. Here's Global's Amber McGookin with more details.
7: Councilors voted to hit pause on those hikes and maintain 2018 rates for 2019 as they wait to find out how much money that will be coming from the province and federal governments. The 4.7% rate increase was proposed to fund $422 million in upgrades to the west and south end sewage treatment plants, as well as more than $2 billion in upgrades to the north end treatment plant. Most of the improvements are due to provincial environmental regulations. Even though the hike isn't coming into effect right now, pending council approval, the mayor says Winnipeggers need to be ready for one.
5: Uh, We've been indicating for some time that uh, it's absolutely critical that other levels of government provide
3: support for a project of this scale.
7: If the other levels of government don't come through, the city says an average family of four could see their bills soar from $1,400 to nearly $2,500 per year by 2028. If they do get the funding they want, bills would still climb from $1,400 to just under $1,900 annually.
6: The rate that I'm seeing in the chart, um, uh, you pretty well can't use water. Uh, I'm not sure if people will be going under the snow and getting buckets. Um, going back to those days, but it it, it have a huge, <coughs> massive burden on people's ability to uh, to uh, to be able to pay those rates.
7: Provincial Minister of Municipal Relations Jeff Wharton gave us a statement saying the province is committed to that project, but that the city needs to supply more detailed plans before funding levels can be explored.
1: All right. Also on the table, a freeze to the amount of money that gets transferred from the water utility to the city's general revenue stream. A lot of people don't realize this happened. Lots of us do know that it happens and lots of people are not happy about it. Last year, it was $38 million. It's not a small number. And so it would mean a property tax increase to cover that number. Nobody's talking about eliminating that transfer of funds. I think they should because I think it's pretty hypocritical that you go hat in hand to the province and the federal government when you have 30 to $40 million every year that you're just siphoning off to general revenues. I'm of the opinion, Brett McGarry... Tell me how much stuff is going to cost. Charge me accordingly. Don't play a shell game with my own money. It's such a waste of time. It's so disingenuous. Anyway, that's something that is also up for debate and conversation at City Hall over the next several weeks. Prepare for more
0: changes at the Forks. Exciting new development at the expense of places to park. The last section of undeveloped land at the Forks is currently being used as surface parking. Well, yesterday the city announced it will sell it. Allison McKinnon of Global News fills in the blanks.
8: This piece of land known as Parcel 4 at the Forks has been a parking lot for decades, but drivers could be looking for another place to park later this year. We'd love to be in the ground as soon as possible. The city is in the process of selling the parcel of land to the Forks to develop a new marketplace that will bring shops, green spaces and residential housing to the 12-acre surface parking lot. But the change has some Winnipeggers concerned.
6: I can't even imagine all that parking being gone. It's just going to discourage everybody to come out here, especially on days like this. So like I have my daughter and if we were further away, we probably would have had to turn around and go home.
8: While others see opportunities.
6: We want to make downtown more dense. Makes sense for business, Mm -hmm. I think.
8: The fort says it would like to have shovels in the ground and the project underway by this summer. Allison McKinnon, Global News.
0: So, more development? Yay? Or less parking? Boo. What would say you, Greg? Well, for me, uh, the
1: densification of downtown and uh, the transformation of the forks, highly uh, a priority in my mind. It's a big deal. Uh, Those gravel parking lots, uh, I know they're a great place to park, but they're horrible and ugly. Yeah. And I think it's about time that we're at the precipice of this change. One more step for the Forks. I can remember people being so, uh, well, first of all, I'm old enough to remember when people were unsure about what the Forks was in the first place and what they were going to do there. And, of course, now it's become the most popular place to go in the entire city, one of the most popular tourist attractions in the country. Yep. And so now we're on this tipping point where downtown uh, needs some needs some some more places to live. We're seeing a 40 tower, a 40 story apartment tower going up, basically right across the street from the Forks, which would indicate that. There's an appetite for more housing, more commerce downtown, and uh, those parking lots are just a vast disconnection between the downtown and the Forks, and I think that's the goal, is just to
0: connect it all with commerce and places to live. I think it's going to be beautiful. What's your reaction to the city selling Parcel 4 to the Forks? So far, 35% say more development, progress, while 65% say less parking, harumph. And I spelled harumph, H a r. -R 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 U-M-P-H. And I just knew that somebody might say what this listener, Bob, said on Facebook. It's spelled H-R-U-M-P-H. No, A. So I posted a screenshot from Collins Dictionary that says H-A-R, and it's, it also says it's a variation of the spelling H-A-R-R. So three ways to spell harumph. Well, we got our
1: point across, yeah, and so we appreciate the interaction no matter what. And as one of our listeners texted to us, do you see a correlation? It's odd. Find it odd that on the website, it's was it 65% to 35% yep. uh, saying, uh, harumph, less parking? Yep. Uh, well, it's the exact opposite on our Twitter poll. 67% say, development, progress, yay.
0: 33% say, less parking, harumph. And on Facebook, I'm just doing the tally now because it doesn't seem to display in percentage, but so far 53% on Facebook say less parking. Harump. So an interesting sort of cross-section of results on that. Oh, hang on a second. Let me just check because I put this on Instagram as well. So the poll (laughs) is everywhere. Different platforms. You can weigh in on this poll on all of our social mediums, the internet social medias, As I like to say, and so far on Instagram, we have, uh, the progress vote has a slight advantage on that one. So yeah, you can weigh in wherever you want. CJOB.com, Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook.
1: After the show, should we just be outside? CJOB taking a literal straw poll. Yeah. Just (laughs) speaking to people. So there's no complaints. You can always get in. You know, we were going to play a couple of different stories here. Why don't we just jump into this conversation? I think it's great. That people are so in love with going to the Forks that their big concern is about parking and being able to continue to go there. I think that's fantastic. The development that's being proposed at this point, and I've studied this fairly extensively to my knowledge, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but as far as I know, there is no parkade, there's no underground parking as a part of this redevelopment of Parcel 4. Okay. Okay. So, it's going to be more development, less parking. The Forks is also going to be restricting or changing the size of Israel Asper Way. Mm -hmm. And I believe that's just south of York. Into the Forks is going to be going from two lanes in each direction to one lane in each direction. And that uh, one side will be actually converted into a bike path or or an active transportation path. So, this is another part of the evolution of the forks. And there's genuine concern that, you know, we want to go there. You want us to come here, but there's no place to park. And I I think there's some, I think there's some genuine concern to be heard
0: about this. Absolutely. Yeah. Because it's, it can already be difficult to get in there. You want to go there on the weekend. Like if you, I went there middle of the week during Christmas, like I went there on a Monday afternoon wants to do some Christmas shopping, and it was quiet, because it was Monday, it was cold, it was the middle of the day, that was fine, but I had been there the day before, on a Sunday, and it was chaos, Mm -hmm. it was pandemonium, Mm -hmm. and it was kind of hard to find parking, we did, we, we found it, it just was a little bit more difficult, and if you take some of the parking away, and you take away more lanes of traffic... How many people is that going to turn away? Because I understand they're trying to encourage people to either be active when they, when they get there, walk there, whatever. But you gotta, if you're driving there, you've got to put your car somewhere. Sure. And I think uh, it's interesting.
1: We were going to do, <laughs> we were gonna do an, an interesting experiment when we first opened our restaurant back in uh, Vernon, B.C. two decades ago now. And we were going to start w- what some nightclubs do, a false lie.
0: The pose cause line.
1: Because there is something psychological about wanting to be where everybody else is. Yep. And so that's the magic line you dance around as well if you're the Forks. Because they also know that if it's popular, people want to be there. And they'll find a way to go. Think of Canada Day. I know they restrict a lot of the parking down at the Forks because of the fireworks. Yep. And so you've got to walk far and wide. I know that's not super practical in the winter time. There's got to be another solution, another piece to this puzzle, and this is where I start asking the question about trolleys and and uh, downtown transportation, public transportation that connect Bell MTS Place, the Shed District. The East Exchange, the West Exchange, and the Forks. I think this is a question that needs to be asked and answered about how are you going to move people efficiently through the downtown to all these places where people clearly like to go, Broadway Avenue, uh, in an efficient manner with with less parking.
0: And we're getting all sorts of feedback at 204-780-6868. Some of it is angry. Linda saying parking. Imagine living downtown, and you can't park until MTS events are over to go home, and now this Forks idea will only frustrate people who go there, and Linda's suggesting there will be a decline in numbers. Uh, I'm not sure that there would be a decline, but there could be enough to make some people who don't, like if you really want to go, you're going to find a way. To get there, but if you say, "Ah, oh, let's go to the Forks," and then you go and there's a line up to get in, and there's nowhere to park, ah, uh, I'll just go somewhere else. Could you have imagined though, 15 years
1: ago, you go back in time and you go, "I'm going to tell you, 20 years." there's going to be so much going on in downtown Winnipeg at the Forks that we're going to be complaining about a lack of parking. <laughs> you would have been laughed at, right? Yeah. So it's an interesting point in time that we're at, and there, there are some questions to be asked and answered without uh, doubt with regard to this. One of the other questions that comes up. Waterpark? Adam. Yes. Adam, one of our listeners pointed it out. We got, it didn't take long to have a variety of positions on this in the in the newsroom. What does a water park look like? We haven't had this discussion for years. There was that proposal to build a hotel and water park at Parcel 4. It was, in my opinion, a very underwhelming proposal, not only for that piece of land, but for a water park overall. But when you hear water park and the idea of a water park in Winnipeg, I'm going to ask you this, Brett, directly, is anything less than what they have at West Edmonton Mall, a non-starter for you?
0: Anything less would be no good. If you're not going to do it right, then don't bother. You want to make it a destination. That water park is, it's a tourist attraction. It was one of the reasons why I wanted to go to Edmonton. The one I've only been there once, but I went to see a friend who lived out there with a couple of my buddies, and that was one of the reasons why we all went. We thought, well, hey, there's, yeah, it's our buddy, but they've got that water park, and if we, none of us had ever been, and it was wild. And they've since, that was 20 years ago, so they've since improved that water park. Just looking at pictures of it, I, I can see, oh, there's a slide weaving, that, weaving through all the other slides that wasn't there. It's an amazing water park, and yeah, if you can build something like that in Winnipeg, it, A, will provide entertainment for us in the cold winter months where we want to enjoy a tropical setting, and it'll bring people in. Well, I'm going to tell you this. I'm
1: all in on this, but it does have to be right. I'm to the point, and in my mind, dollars and cents don't matter, just for this proposal only. Yeah. I want a retractable roof on it. A
0: retractable
1: so roof? So that in the summertime, you are enjoying a Manitoba summer day at the beach in downtown Winnipeg. Oh. I imagine something the size of West Edmonton Mall with hotel, a hotel on each corner, sharing in the enterprise, maybe a little bit of public mon- money involved. But like to me, this has got to be like a four, five hundred million dollar project. It's gotta be uh, I can't Uh-oh. believe I'm gonna use the term. Uh-oh. It's gotta be world class. It's gotta be top shelf. It's gotta be one of the best. Uh Water parks anywhere. I honestly think people would come far and wide. I know. Do you know how many people? I know you know people. Let me rephrase that. That go to Wisconsin for their summer holidays. Noah's Ark. It's
0: all about the water parks, man. All about the water parks. Their water park, yeah, that water park is sensational. I love the retractable roof idea because not everybody has the opportunity to get out to the lake, even though we are surrounded by them here in southern Manitoba, but not everyone has a cottage and access to water slides. Man, I love water slides. That is something that I would do regularly. When you pay 15 bucks to take your kids to the zoo
1: for a couple of hours... And to see the incredible, you know, journey to Churchill, Mm -hmm. it's 50, 60 bucks to go as a family to the zoo now. Yeah. I think it's good value. Not everybody can afford to do that. But you can tell me you wouldn't spend 150 bucks for the day or to do a staycation and spend three or four hundred dollars versus three or four thousand dollars to go on a summer holiday down to Wisconsin Dells for a week, stay in Winnipeg for three days at a time in a nice hotel downtown. Yeah, you would, and
0: there's lots of people who would. I I think we're missing the boat. Also, just a random thought in Wisconsin Dells for anybody listening right now. If you've been to Wisconsin Dells recently, can you tell me if they still have something called Wizard Quest? When I was in Wisconsin oh. Dells phew, almost ten years ago now, I guess. They had this, like, it was basically this sort of gigantic role-playing playground. It was like Dungeons and Dragons kind of deal, like a fantasy game, but it was an actual sort of indoor playground, and it was one of the coolest things I've ever done. Just let me
1: know if it still exists. Yeah, Wisconsin Dells, when my dad was a kid, (laughs) in black and white back in those days, they used to go to the Wisconsin Dells. And so to imagine that that part of the, of the United States has reinvented itself yeah. in the way it has in the last 40 or 50 years, like I say, we're missing the boat if we aren't all over this. And if you are all over it, we want an exclusive.
0: Also, Reach out to us. I lost a set of car keys in Wisconsin Dells too on the roller coaster. <laughs> lost my spare key for my Honda Civic. Sound like a great trip. Yeah, Birchwood Honda wasn't too happy with me when I turned my car in. <laughs> And McGarry McNabb back tomorrow. The headline at cjob.com. She didn't get insurance. Winnipeg family left with massive bill after daughter dies on vacation. Global's well, Brittany Greenslate has more.
4: Sun, sand, beaches—it's what many of us dream of heading out on vacation. But when tragedy struck Holly Two-Heart after her daughter Danielle died in the Dominican Republic, it quickly turned to panic. And a plea for financial help. Next step now is to focus on getting my daughter back to back to Canada. I have to get in contact with the funeral people out there because they have my daughter's body. They said that I'd have to get 51, 5100 US uh, to get her released. Danielle didn't have travel insurance. We never uh, thought that this was going to happen, so she just assumed, "Okay, I don't need it." So now, on top of mourning, the family also faces medical bills, the cost of bringing her body home and a funeral.
7: I think the most common answer is nothing's going to happen. I don't need it. But unfortunately, uh, life is unpredictable and things do happen.
4: It's the number one recommendation from the federal government and travel agents.
9: It's very important to check what you are covered for. Talk to your travel agent check your credit card coverage plans, check your employer coverage. You can be faced with enormous medical bills.
4: It's also suggested travelers register with Global Affairs before they leave Canada, just in case.
9: Take a photocopy of your passport before leaving. Um, Keep a photocopy of it with you at all times, as well as at home. Contacting your local Canadian embassy when you are in destination, and, and letting them know where you are.
4: An extra step you hopefully will never need. Brittany Greenslade, Global News.
0: You know, Greg, as uh, you're getting ready to go to Las Vegas this weekend uh, with that cold and snow warning, I'm going in June, and I honestly have no idea what I'm covered for. I don't know if I'm covered through CAA. I don't know what the coverage is here at work. She mentioned credit card. I don't know what I have there, but I know that in the past there have been times where I'll just I there's a couple of travel agents in the mall just walk in there and say, hey, I'm going to Vegas can I get some travel insurance? Because at least then I just know that I've got it. And it's not that expensive for a short trip to the U.S., but it's still, you, we heard it there. She They said, well, we didn't think this was going to happen, so I didn't get it. And that's what we all like to think, right? We look at, va- we're going on vacation. It's a party. I don't want to think about stuff like that. Yeah, well, and if you're going on an extended visit
1: to a place like Mexico or the Dominican Republic, I know it can be close to a couple hundred bucks for that cancellation insurance. Uh, I know in the back of my mind with the cancellation, I go, well, if I'm so unwell that I'm not going on this trip, well, I've got bigger fish to fry than to worry about losing out on my trip. And then when you're there, yeah, sometimes, you know, my trip was say 11 or 1200 bucks. I want to spend another couple hundred. Sometimes it's all too easy to decline that insurance. And I just feel so bad that this family is going through this on top of, of losing a family member. Now the financial implications, these cautionary tales, and you use the terminology right. Canada, I think, is the most insured company uh, country on the planet. It's that peace of mind that we look for, but sometimes I think we bypass some of the most obvious insurances and, and then are covered to the maximum on stuff that we don't need. This, I think, is it's manda- mandatory. I know in Cuba, and someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that in the last five or six years, they've asked for proof of medical insurance when you go into that country. Really? You can't even really get off the plane without it. Because oh their, while well, their healthcare system being what it is, uh, doesn't cost a lot. They don't bill a lot. If you're a foreigner, they got, they got wise to that. And they said, well, if you don't have medical insurance, you can't come here.
0: Oh, boy. Yeah. That should be, I think that would be something where when you're getting on the plane... Mm -hmm. before you get there. Mm -hmm. Imagine Mm -hmm. getting there and then being turned back.
1: I think most people going there know that. But that's the story that I've received from at least a handful of people. If that's still the case, or if I've been misinformed, please let me know. 680, uh, CJOB's text line,
0: 2047806868. And we are getting a lot of text messages as well on the forks regarding the parking. How the city has sold parcel four to, or is going to sell parcel four to the forks to be developed. And the question of the day at CJOB.com what's your reaction to the city selling parcel four to the forks? So far, 65% say less parking. Harumph. 35% more say more development progress. Huzzah! And, uh, yeah, we're, there was one text here, somebody saying that their parents live on Fort. Less parking at the Forks makes it harder for me to find a spot at Fort Street where my parents live. It's already been a problem since they have been charging for parking, which I agree with, as listener says. But now, uh, with less parking, those vehicles are going to have to scatter throughout the downtown and, as we heard, St. Boniface. Right now, Greg, we say hello to Black Space Winnipeg and the Winnipeg Film Group for the 2019 Afro-Prairie Film Festival, the second annual. Hey,
9: that's that's, what's
5: up, that's what's
9: up. That's the voice of Alexa
1: Potashnik, founder and president, Black Space Winnipeg Festival director. And Ben Williams is also here, longtime friend of 680 CGOB, beyond creative in the film world. Ben Williams is director of development and marketing production center, and uh, director of the Winnipeg Film Group. And, you know, this is such an incredible event. Your second annual. Obviously, things went very well last year, oh, Alexa. Yeah. Tell us what the goal of this uh, of this film festival is.
9: Well, we started, honestly, um, a lot of this came out of uh, the work that Winston Washington Moxham did and he was a legendary black pioneer filmmaker in Manitoba whose work I don't think was recognized enough um, in the Winnipeg film industry. So from our existing partnership with Winnipeg Film Group and the work that Winston did um, yeah, the Afro Prairie was, was born out of that um, connection. So really it's a platform for emerging and established black filmmakers in Canada, also across uh, North America, just to honor and recognize and provide uh, support and exposure for black creativity.
0: So Ben, it's happening Thursday to Sunday, February 21st to 24th, primarily at Winnipeg Cinematheque at 100 Arthur Street. How many films do you have on tap? We have over 22.
5: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because we have a bunch of short films. We have, starting off on um, on Thursday, we have a handful of films that are going to be playing um, that yeah.
9: are... We got Little uh, Woods.
5: Little Woods and uh, Tales from the Hood. Spike which
9: Lee's is... Tales from the Hood. <laughs> yeah. you, you don't want to come that? to
5: that. How did you manage that? Oh, that's
9: great. We have two <laughs> Spike Lee. So, Tales from the Hood and then Black Klansmen's playing on 9pm on Saturday. And then Ella Cooper from Black Women Film Canada is opening our keynote tomorrow at 6pm at Tech. So, she's done a lot of amazing work and provided platforms for black uh, women directors and filmmakers in Toronto. And then, uh, Karen Chapman's also flying in, who's a uh, black Canadian filmmaker as well.
5: And we also have uh, French programming on Friday, and we have two Oscar nominated films uh, 2019, uh, Best Doc, and also Best Feature Film, uh, and Best Director. And matter of fact, actually, Spike Lee is, uh, you know, from Black Klansmen. Um, there's only, in the Oscars' 91 years, year history, I believe there's only been six black nominees, director nominees ever, and none of them have won. Uh, so, Spike, we, we don't know. We'll see. Well, it's interesting <laughs> that you're here today. I believe it's Sidney Poitier's birthday. Oh, today.
9: Wow. Wow. I that. Very cool. I just Mr.
1: posted Tibbs. a photo of him on, <laughs> on Black Space. I mean, he, he, he's magical. I, I just wanted to ask you: How do we get to the point? How do we get to the point where we don't have to have? And maybe it's okay that we do. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. hear me out here. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the out. <laughs> Afro Prairie Film Festival, where we just have the Prairie Film Festival, mm-hmm. and, and it doesn't we, we? don't have to work extra hard to to highlight the work of, of Black directors Ooh. and actors yeah. and and those that are involved. In the
5: genre, Ben, yeah. do you understand where I'm coming yeah, from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I'll t- let me just uh, step back one minute with that because actually, um, I was a juror for TIFF, uh, Toronto International Film Festival, for the Canada Top Ten Best Shorts, and when I, I had to watch over 100 films, and of those 100 films, there were only there was only one black film. Wow! Out of 100 in Canada mm. representing. Wow! And there were. Two, uh, two indigenous filmmakers. Oh. So you got to look at the, the perspective of uh, the scope of, 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 uh, of all this. And, and like in my f- uh, five years at the film group, uh, I've only seen four black filmmakers come through. And I deal with hundreds and hundreds of filmmakers every year. And so, um, yeah, the moment we can start doing that is when um, we're being represented and we have a platform. And this is one way. And, you know, people like Ella, for example, Ella is amazing. Like, and she's coming mm. here. She's our keynote. Yeah. And we it, like. Ella I, Cooper. I, yeah, like Ella Cooper. Sorry, yeah. And, and it's kind of like, it's kind of like. You know, when have we ever really brought her out here to kind of represent? And In the time that I've been here, I haven't seen her yeah. and or just very few black filmmakers. So, you know, and as Alexis said earlier, Winston worked at the film group for years. I missed him. He died before I got here. And like we have a vault of his work. And, you know, the thing is like. You know, people in the city don't know him. Yeah. You know, everybody knows, like, you know, I love Guy Madden, that's my guy. But, I mean, everybody knows Guy Madden, and they know, like, uh, so many other cats, but they don't know Winston, you know? So, uh, and, and it's shameful, And but we're trying to elevate him, and we have an award named in his honor, actually.
0: So, when we talk about a, a black movie, mm. what would be, for somebody who is interested in this, what can they expect when they come to the Afro Prairie Film Festival? What will be different about this film? Film festival as a whole other than the fact that it is a black festival?
9: I think uh, just given the nature of the existing industry in Winnipeg and Manitoba in film, um, like Ben pointed out earlier, there's, there's not a lot for our community. So and it's about expanding your horizon and film is a powerful tool to tell stories and connect people through narrative so if you can sit down and watch a film and just for an hour or two put yourself in another position and go to another realm, go to another world, I think it's really important because how else are you supposed to understand people if you don't try to empathize, if you don't try to sympathize with, with other communities and it's a film, I think it's a tool of activism. And you know, it's so it reaches so many people. And people can expect just, I don't know, something new. It's we never nothing has been done, I think, on this scale before. No, not here. There has been things done in the past, absolutely. And I I, I hesitate when we say things like, We're the first to do something, because black people have been doing this. In, and in Manitoba specifically for a long time for a number of different initiatives, but this is just something that we've taken and branded and, you know, offered to the community, so it'll hopefully always be here.
0: We're talking right now about the 2019 Afro Prairie Film Festival presented by Black Space Winnipeg and the Winnipeg Film Group. It's happening this Thursday to Sunday at Cinematheque. Our guests are Alexa Potashnik, founder and president, Black Space Winnipeg, and Ben Williams, director of development and marketing at the Winnipeg Film Group. And I, wanna, I don't want to distract from the festival, uh, which is amazing, and you can find more information online. What's the website where people can go, Alexa? Uh,
9: Blackspace WPG.ca or the Winnipeg Film Group, uh, Winnipeg Tech slash Afro Prairie Film Festival.
0: I just got to quickly ask you, Ben. Oscars are this Sunday. You've got, I mean, you have two Oscar-nominated films in the festival. You have a documentary called Hail Country this morning, this evening, and then Black Klansman, nominated for Best Picture. Also nominated Black Panther. It won the big award at the Screen Actors Guild. Two films driven by black film creators and black cast members in the Best Picture category. That. What do you think of that?
5: Well, uh, I don't know if I mentioned this, but like uh, in in the Oscars' uh, ninety years, um, there's only been um, nominees uh, been six black nominee directors have been nominee nominated as a uh, best director yep and so it's kind of uh, a unique thing where we don't know if, if Spike is going to win this year. And considering all the years that he's been um, been making films, he's never he's never had a real nomination. Like, yeah. this is his real first time, actually. And that film is so powerful in the time of Trump, of course, too. Yeah. Uh, but also um, the Hell County, the doc. Like, there have been, I don't know, I think 11 docs that have been nominated over the years. I think two have won. Um, for for black directors, so uh, this will be a very cool thing if if both win, <laughs> and we you know because they didn't even have these nominations when we were making the films at the time when we were when we were putting the program together actually, oh, so nice. it's kind of cool that when we were when we were looking for films like they just happened to be the two and, and they're the two that are actually nominated. That's very cool.
0: So, Alexa, we got a couple minutes left here. Outside of the films, there's a whole bunch of events as well, right, that you wanted to tell us about?
9: Yeah, so our opening keynote with Ella Cooper is tomorrow at 6pm at Cinematheque. Um, Also, Friday night is our black francophone French-themed night, so we're screening two black French films, and then um, our opening receptions at 9 p.m. in Platform Gallery, also at Art Space. So that's featuring Alpha, Tosha, Niza, and Spaz, like the DJ, DJ Spaz. Um, so we're really happy about that. And then on Saturday, we have our networking luncheon for women in film, open to all folks who identify as women. So um, that will be with a network opportunity network opportunity with Ella and Karen, free food, free drink. Um, ben really hooked that up. So we're happy about that. And then um, that's followed by a uh, preview and Um, films of all Karen Chapman, so folks are more welcome to come to that. And then we end off, I think it's really important to highlight um, the shorts competition, the Black uh, Filmmaker Shorts competition, and that's obviously the award that we named in Winston's memory in his honor, uh, and that's Sunday at 7 p.m. And other than Black Klansman, The Watermelon Woman, Little Woods, Tales from the Hood, um, (laughs) there's just so much happening this weekend, and we want to make sure that Winnipeg Comes up and shows up and shows support for a community that's that's growing and showing our creativity.
1: That's such a great opportunity for you to have voice to share voice and and to be loud and proud about who you are. Thanks for sharing this with us. It's always great to see both of you, Thank uh, you. whenever we get an opportunity. And Sydney Poitier, absolutely ninety two years old wow. today, nineteen sixty four. Of course, going. best actor of the year mm-hmm. for Lilies of the Field. That's right. That's right.
0: Alexa Potashnik, founder and president, Black Space winnipeg and ben williams director of development and marketing at the winnipeg film group again the afro prairie film festival is on this week starting thursday through sunday at cinematech and if you want more information you can go to the winnipeg film group's website winnipegfilmgroup.com black space oh i had it open what was it again alexa Uh, (laughs)
9: blackspace (laughs) wpg.ca okay and make
0: sure you follow them as well on social media alexa and ben thanks thanks for the visit guys thank you